0: 3 is now on ESPN Radio.
1: Happy almost weekend, or maybe it already is your weekend. It's a long one, Labor Day weekend, and uh, then it's like it's fall. I know it's not officially fall until mid-September, but school's underway, Labor Day weekend, and uh, I don't know, a little crispy in the air. Wore pants to work twice this week. Hopefully had a, an awesome uh, summer and uh, hopefully had a great week. Give me a long but fun weekend for us. With the return of college football, the Grizz kick off at noon tomorrow. We'll be down uh, on site at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot. Our ESPN College Game Day is starting at nine thirty. So come on down, uh, hang out with us, and uh, it'll be a, a wild weekend of driving all over the state. But can't wait for it. So uh, should be pretty fun. We are a week and a little, uh, a couple more days away from the NFL season. By the way, welcome back, is Now, uh, ESPN Radio. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. You can find it on the podcast, available on all your various podcast hosting platforms. High school football started last week. College football starts this week. Then NFL starts next week. We've given you our division winner picks. How about our go-to NFL expert, Brooks Nuanis? All football all the time. And happy to announce that once again, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Sportsbet Montana has Sportsbet kiosks all across the state of Montana. You want to find a location just visit the Sports Bet Montana website or the app and just click on locations. and get a full list of where you can find them. You can also bet within the geofencing on the app. They have a new interface uh, on the uh, in-person machines, so go check that out as well. And We'll be giving you betting advice uh, and analysis, more like we're going to be an- analyzing NFL games through the lens of betting lines like we have uh, the last couple of years. But appreciate Sports Bet Montana for being Back on with us, Brooks Nuana is kind enough to contribute some time here talking all things uh, NFL. It's almost here, man. Crazy. So I guess my first question, this has nothing to do with betting or, or predictions or anything like that. What do you think of this new way that the NFL does the preseason? It used to be you'd have cuts every week. And so it was like, okay, I'm trying to make it to the last cut to then go from like 72 to 53. Now it's like 95 to 53. and It's all this week in between the last preseason game and the first uh, NFL game. As we record this here on August 29th a Tuesday, we've seen a lot of heads roll when it comes to guys that we used to cover in the big sky. Ty Okada from Montana State, Lance McCutcheon, former Bobcat, Daniel Hardy, former Bobcat, they all got cut today. There's a lot of talk that Hardy's going to probably get either picked up off waivers or land on a practice squad. Wouldn't be surprised if that happened with McCutcheon as well. We'll see what happens with Okada. Uh, but it's uh, it's sort of a lot more swift and vicious than it used to be. I don't know why it seems like that. It used to be seemed
2: like when it was weekly, it wasn't as uh, as intense. But I mean, any thoughts on just the way that this works now? Lewis Kidd got cut, former Montana State offensive lineman, and we'll see yeah. what happens to Patrick O'Connell, who's still hanging on as as far as the time where we are recording this. Coulter, I think it's a lot better for football as they move towards trying to find some semblance of player safety. When you have more depth and more people on the field, you have more guys developing, you have more guys getting reps, and you also have guys that can spread out as far as the the, the effects of, of constant contact. Um, you know, 90 guys is, is just more, more guys to take reps to build a team rather than having 53 guys who are always banging heads. So I think from that perspective, you get guys in camp longer, they learn more. I think that's positive for the NFL. I don't see a real negative for it besides... Obviously, it's fun to watch hard knocks and watch guys get, you know, not fun, but it's a really interesting part of the human element. There's a lot element. of drama, yeah. A lot of the drama. And also, then you kind of know your place where, as a free agent, you'd rather just get cut week one and then go somewhere else with the opportunity rather than right. just get strung along for a month and then have no job. Like So that maybe is a downside, but I, I see it overall as a positive. Well, uh, it's certainly uh, an interesting time of year for all the guys that we have ties
1: to Um, But then a fun time of year with the NFL season uh, right around the corner. There's also a a pretty detailed version of how all this waiver stuff works. So just because a guy gets cut early in the week, that doesn't mean he's going to be done. He, He might get picked up back off of waivers from his current team or a different team or might get signed to a practice squad with his current team or a different team. And the other part about this is guys can linger for like a full month where they're still sort of available because you never know when guys are going to go down or re-evaluations, and reevaluations and the way that they can you now film share with all the the practice film and stuff, opportunities are not completely over for these guys if they do get cut this week. So we'll keep you up to date with what's going on with guys from uh, around the Big Sky Conference. And now I have talked extensively on this show, all football all the time, uh, presented by SportsBet Montana here on Nuanas now uh, about who I think are some of the front runners. And who are my picks for the various divisions? Uh, but I want to get your thoughts. Uh, so, you you tell me where you want to start. There's eight divisions in the NFL. Seven teams from each conference uh, make the playoffs. It's the four division winners from each conference, and then three wild card slots. Uh,
2: where where do you want to start here uh, with, with our NFL division pickums? Well, I think if we talk to Colt there, that the AFC is so loaded. So let's start in the NFC, sure. where, where the Eagles were uh, the reigning NFC champions, and kind of go from there. Okay, sounds great. Um, The NFC East is going to be a stronger division than I think it's been in quite a few years. I think all four teams are really good. The Giants were the surprise team in that division last year. Can they carry over the momentum of
1: Brian Dable year one to Brian Dable year two? The Cowboys were really good last year and then fell apart in the playoffs, not surprising. The Eagles were unquestionably the second-best team in the NFL, and I actually think probably the best team in the NFL until they ran into Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I know you are high on... uh, the uh, former Washington football team and now the Washington Commanders—that's uh, that's a team that uh, has so, sort of quietly made a lot of
2: improvements these last two years. Yeah, top five defense in the in the NFL, you know, especially in the red zone, really good defense at, at bowing up and getting stops, forcing field goals. I think that that division as a whole is really good. I'm also like in on the Giants. I, I don't really know how. I mean. For whatever reason, the Cowboys get so much, like, overexposure being America's a, team for, story for, 40 years. for my entire life that, like, I get a little... I can, like, break them down pretty simply and just, like, I can find weaknesses even though one of the best defenses in the league, Tony Pollard is now feature back um, in the backfield with Dak Prescott, the good receiving core. They sh- they have all the things to, you know, make a run and, and be a, a high, you know, get home field advantage, be a high seed um, in the playoffs. But I think Mike McCarthy's a, not a very good coach. So I think all of those teams, are the commanders as well, you know, Ron Rivera, not the strongest coach in the league. I think the Eagles and the Giants are, are really good. I think the Cowboys are going to be right there. Commanders are going to give you tough games. I have the Eagles winning that division. Right, um, I do too. I like their over 11 and a half wins as well, which seems crazy. The Eagles are going to lose six games? I don't. I just don't see that. Well, and know? the thing that the Eagles have figured out uh, uh, well, better than anybody in the NFL
1: is that so often if you have a premier pass rusher, that's a great, building block to have when that guy goes out that might cost you five or six wins like when nick bosa goes out i mean when, when nick bosa's in the the, the 49ers are one of the five best teams in the league when nick bosa's out the drop-off is so huge i mean the niners won like seven games the year that he got knocked out for the year joey bosa for the chargers is the same scenario and it's across the board if you have one of those top 10 type pass rushers when that guy gets knocked out hard to replace. The Eagles are not a one-man show. They're not a two-man show. They're like a seven-man show when it comes to their pass rush. Hassan Reddick could get knocked out. It doesn't matter. You got another guy waiting in the wings. You know, Jalen Carter could get knocked out. It doesn't matter. You got another guy waiting in the wings. They have so much depth on their defensive line, which then gives them a very unique identity. I mean, they can come at you in waves. I don't know how it was such an undertold story last year, but it was. That, that was the best pass rush in NFL history. I mean, you're, you're talking sure the second. Was. It was I mean, the second most sacks in the history of the league,
2: the highest pressure
1: rate, and in this in this day and age where quarterbacks get the ball out of their hands in 2.5 seconds, that is incredible to have 75 plus sacks like they did. So I think that combined with uh, all of what they return on offense, one of the best offensive lines in the league, a great set of skill guys, to me, I, I totally think they're the favorites in this division. But also to to
2: win to surpass that win total of 11 and a half. I think the only way that they don't is if Jalen Hurts regresses, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean they lose offensive coordinator Shane Steichen who goes over to the Colts, and that's one one place you could see them maybe regress. But you talked about the pass rush cult there. they do they get they do such a good job of getting pressure up the middle, interior defensive line pressure, which is so so much different than edge pressure, and they're dominant in that sense. So I see the Eagles winning the NFC East. I also see a team maybe. Out of any of those three, being a wild card team, I can see a third team making the playoffs in that, divi- in that division. Interesting. Uh, but you think all four are playoff contenders? I think all four are playoff
1: contenders. I agree, and I think part of that is because the division is good, but I also think part of it is because the NFC is not that good. I think if you're talking about like the top... 10 contenders for the seven NFC playoff spots. I certainly think that all four NFC East teams are among those 10.
2: I think that if you put the Cowboys, the Giants, or the Commanders in any other NFC division, that they would arguably be, if not second behind the Niners every other division they'd be favorites
1: i think that's right i think maybe the, the seahawks might have a battle there with them in the west too but i, I totally mean, agree i don't know I, but i totally agree i think that the cowboys giants and commanders would
2: win the nfc north and the nfc south for sure so we go to the nfc west and, and i talked a little bit earlier about the 49ers i have some hesitation on there over under just because i think that the 49ers could slog their way to a two or three seed um, and not have to play their best football all the time we can't predict injuries that kind of stuff doesn't you know doesn't go into our models, but when we talk about quarterback play, I I don't know what I think of Brock Purdy, and I know that Sam Darnold ain't in, even though I'm I'm kind of a low-key Sam Darnold fan when he's hot. I think he's real good, but he's just – Sam Darnold's proven what he is. He's been in the NFL for quite a long time now. He was very similar in college. Very high ceiling, very, very low floor. Um, I just don't know what the 49ers quarterback play looks like. I still think they win this division just because the Rams and Cardinals will be so weak. I think the Seahawks will give them a run for their money. I can see the Seahawks winning this division 100%, um, and that very well could happen. I I think both of those teams are playoff teams, and I'm going to take the Niners to win the West. Uh, I agree. I got
1: the Niners to win the West as well. I've been listening to a whole bunch of books on tape, but one I've been listening to on tape is... Uh, the score decides itself. It's Bill Walsh's great book. You, you should listen to it because, uh, in, in your position with uh, outside of Skyline Sports, um, w- with Georgia's Distributing, you are managing a whole bunch of people. And, and Bill Walsh has some great theories on how to manage organizations. That's what the book is about. It's not necessarily about how to win a Super Bowl. It's about how to empower people and win, win, uh, win in you know the game of whatever it is you're playing. But he, he has a great line in there where he says. Just remember, they never ever built a statue or named an award after some committee. It's only about you as the decision maker. Right now, Kyle Shanahan is getting ripped to shreds on Twitter for botching what people say is botching the Trey Lance pick. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, everybody says, hey, they traded up to get Trey Lance. Trey Lance didn't work out. They traded Trey Lance. It's a great example of that, though. Because guess what? Nobody wanted to draft Joe Montana or Steve Young once upon a time either. And guess what? Those two guys became two of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. I don't know if Brock Purdy has that in him, but Brock Purdy uh, was pretty darn good last year. I thought the narrative of him being the last pick was a little overblown. At some point, you got to be like, well, this kid's just this kid's just good. I mean, I don't know if he's top eight in the league good, but he's he's good. He's better than a lot of, of quarterbacks, and they have a lot of weapons around him too. I guess what I'm saying is I trust Cal Shanahan uh, in this. And uh, I I do get your hesitation about the Niners, but I think the Niners are one of the NFC favorites because of all the other guys outside of the quarterback. They still got an offensive line that's as good as anybody. Nick is a top-five player in the league. Fred Warner's a top-15 player in the league. Uh, They got playmakers from Christian McCaffrey to Debo Samuel to George Kittle. I mean, they have so much talent.
2: Every single guy besides federal order you named has missed significant time. And and as that starts to build up, there's just a reality of playing the style that they play. And again, I'm not sitting here projecting injuries or like basing over-unders on injuries. But the fact of the matter is, as you mentioned, the top goal, that if they lose two or three of those guys, there's a significant fall off there. Um, I think that we're we're on the same page with the West there. So I'll go to the NFC North. Lifelong retired Lions fan, which out the folks out there grew up with Barry Sanders, um, loved Calvin Johnson as much as life itself. Um, retired c- due to the heartache that the Lions have caused me. Um, and you, Colter, being a lifelong Vikings fan, we followed the NFC North religiously uh, with a lot of Packers fans in our life. I, I am- think we have a lot of people listening, too,
1: right now, all football, as I'm here on Nuanas now, that are also our NFC uh, North allegiance just because for so long those were the games that were on tv like if you're just watching games on your average network television the bears and the packers and the vikings are just always on tv so
2: there's a lot of fans around montana yeah, for, the last, too. for the last decade it's been terrible so yeah <laughs> I, I, I like pain and and suffering apparently because i you know the style of football is fun when it's snowing and the crowds are good and they're running the ball and i like all that but there's also some some really gross parts when the bears and the lions are terrible That's not the case anymore. Okay, division. I think the Vikings could finish last in this division, which is funny. Not because it's the hot pick. Not because I am an ex-Lions fan. I think the Lions will win this division. I think they have a lot of things going for them. Number one, Jared Goff playing at such a high level. No one wants to give him his flowers. Everyone wants to judge Jared Goff, the systems he's played in, the coaches he's had, all of the things. But no one ever says that Jared Goff can do it, that Jared Goff has a live arm, that Jared Goff is a pretty good decision maker. Well, he's a game manager. He's in the McVeigh system. He's got a Super Bowl ring, and he tore it up last year. And I see the Vikings taking the next step, or the Lions, excuse me, taking the next step. But I do think that the Bears will improve. I think the Packers, no matter what, with home field advantage, being able to play a little defense, they can two good running backs in the stable. I think the Packers are a 500 team at the very worst. I don't think that they're kind of, you know, I think they're a nine-win team. And then, like I said, I think the Vikings are trailing up the tail end there, even with talent. I mean, Justin Jefferson is arguably the best player in the NFL. for sure. You talk about some guys that they add on the edge, on the edge. Marcus Davenport uh, from the Saints uh, on the edge there, and they got Daniil Hunter on the edge. I mean, I like everything about that, um, but I still think that the Lions will will come out on top of this division a lot of times because they get four home games in a dome. So you get to play in a dome, and that is something that they're kind of like the greatest show on turf at this exact moment, uh, lighting it up, throwing it downfield. Um, I like the Lions from this division. Who's the best coach in this division? Well, I, I think that It's yet to be seen because there's several coaches that are still quite young. So I think that Matt LaFleur would have to be there for for now. But he had Aaron Rodgers. He had what – He has never not had a a double-digit wins season since he's been a head coach. That's right. Um, They've made the playoffs every year. I think that right now he stands there, but I I think that there's some good coaches. I like all three of these coaches. Who knows? Kevin O'Connell was really impressive. Kevin O'Connell was was really good. On the quarterback documentary. He was really good.
1: And uh, I do think if you're, quote-unquote, stuck with Kirk Cousins, I think that a guy like O'Connell, who's not going to throw him under the bus, is going to empower him and try to make him... I mean. Kevin O'Connell knows that Kirk Cousins is his dude for better or worse, and so he tries he tries to make the, everybody in the locker room think that Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the NFL. That's the only way you can do it with Kirk if he's your head guy. I think Dan Campbell's got a lot of potential too, uh, but we'll see. Uh, the Lions are the trendy pick for sure. Um, And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Vikings fan. It's my last piece of fandom left. I just think this division's going to beat up on each other. I think that the winner of this division is going to be like an over-under nine-and-a-half wins. And uh, I think the Vikings can get there. The Vikings were a 13-win team a year ago. I- I'm picking the Vikings to win the North. I think. I, I don't think that you're wrong. I think it'll be the, one of the tightest divisions in football. Okay, it's like NFC South. Uh, all football on the time. Presented by SportsBet Montana.
2: NFC South is a is a complete dumpster fire that I can't <laughs> I can't wait to watch. I can't I
1: can't get I love on the it. Saints bandwagon. I can't convince myself the Saints are good, even though they're probably the runaway
2: favorite to win this division. I don't think that they should be the runaway favorite. I saw a cool stat from Warren Sharp that said that the Falcons had the second most one score games of any team last year in they the did, NFL,
1: and they lost most of them.
2: The Chiefs were. But the last 17 one score games have won all 17 of them. Whoa. Um, oh, sorry. They've actually were in 17 one score games. They only lost two last year. Yep. But the Falcons were second with 13 one score games. They lost, they only won four of them. That can turn around quick. The Falcons are are solid on D. They can run the football. We talked about B. John Robinson um, and Tyler Algier in the backfield there. We'll see what Desmond Ritter can do at quarterback. But the Panthers are much improved. I talked about them last week. I think that they are solid on defense. They're going to be able to run the football with Miles Sanders. And then they have a receiving core that's really underrated. DJ Chark can stay healthy. I like everything about what the Panthers are doing. Bryce Young is going to take his lumps. But again, I saw... He's
1: also so sick. I wish people would just stop sweet. He's so small. That's, that's a, such low hanging fruit. It's you has got to watch the film, man. It's dumb. Like the article in Sports Illustrated about Bryce Young was so revelatory. He was small since he was a kid. He knows how to play being small. Sure, he could get hit. Guess what, though? Being big or small at quarterback does not prevent you from getting hurt in the NFL. If you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt, period. Even if you're 6'5, 250 like Cam Newton, you still get hurt. So Bryce Young is going to be fine. I I think he has electric talent. I'm not saying he's going to take the league by storm right away, but I think that the the narrative that he's too small to be good in the
2: NFL is uh – it ain't it for me. Agreed. And the Bucks are, are, are not great. They're, they're going to be a bad football team, I, I believe. Agree. So I think that the Saints, Panthers, Falcons all have a chance to win this division. I, and none have the chance to make the playoffs unless they do win the division, right? Um, I agree with that. Um, I think that the Falcons or Panthers could make a push. I'm still going to go with the Saints just because I think that if you looked at that division and you said, who's the best player in this division, you'd probably have to say it's Cameron Hayward. Um, sorry, Cameron Jordan. Sure. Defensive end signs his last big contract. Yep. He's 31 years old. could to make a run for it. Arguably a Hall of Famer, 100 sack kind of guy playing on like, you know, five tech strong end. I think he's probably the best player in that division. Then you look at, you know, who's the best skill guy. Well, when healthy, I mean, Alvin Kamara's is going to be right there. And you start to just chunk away at it. Kamara is suspended early on in the year. Three games suspension. But you bring Derek Carr and who's never had a defense. I talked about this last week on the on the on the on the show called I just think that the Saints are have a slight edge. But second, if I had to pick, I would probably lean on the Panthers. Again, you have to look at schedules, but I love when people say, oh, they got an easy schedule, they got a tough schedule. Every game in the NFL is a one-score game. <laughs> you, you, right. might, you, right. might lose, you might lose by nine, That's right. and it goes right. into a different category. But they're all close games.
1: And so, it's very – it's not – like, last year the Chiefs lost three games, and they lost two of them. One was to the Bills, and one was to – The Colts. The Colts. And, and they lost another one – to another really good team I can't remember. Oh, the Bills. They lost to the Bills, the Colts, and uh the Chiefs. Those are three good teams. The Colts were disappointing last year, but but they lost to two of the best teams in the league. Most of the time, the teams that the the really good teams
2: lose to are not the other good teams in the league. It's you the say bad it. teams. It's and they're not even bad teams. The NFL is so even. Right. It's just any week, it's crazy. Momentum can happen, and some team can bow up. You get one stop right. in the NFL, and the whole Who game the Eagles be lose to
1: last year. It wasn't one of the other best
2: teams in the NFC. I can't remember, but I think it was one of the lower teams in the NFC. Totally. So I think that division's kind of up for grabs. Like I said, it's a dumpster fire in a fun way because there's some developing quarterbacks. There's also some old heads that are kind of getting their second chance, at Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr and. Uh, it'll be a fun division to watch. No one is now ESPN
1: radio, SWX Montana television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, there's the NFC. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break real quick, and then we'll roll on into the AFC. More football, all football, all the time. Presented by Sportsman Montana right after this. Before we go, call us right now if you want two tickets to the Grizz game tomorrow. We got two to the high noon kickoff, Butler at Montana. I just found these in the studio, so we're going to give them to you. You call us, and then you come pick them up beforehand at our ESPN College Game Day. Call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888 Call number one. We got two tickets for you. Butler at Montana, Triple eight one zero two nine.
0: ESPN Missoula.
1: Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. We'll be rolling. Uh, I'll be down there about 8.30. We'll be on the air from 9.30 till 11 for our ESPN College Game Day. The return, I believe this is season eight for ESPN College Game Day. I've certainly been doing it here at ESPN Radio for six seasons. So uh, excited to have Grizz Football back uh, in the city of Missoula. Come kick it with us tomorrow. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on this Friday. The NFL right around the corner. Brooks Nuana is joining us for division-by-division division picks. We've given you ours. Now he's given you his. Uh, not a lot of disagreement here on these. Uh, but let's roll into the AFC Brooks. Uh, well, let's start. We'll, we'll start wherever you want, whatever the AFC division you want to start with.
2: Well, I would start with the East. I think it's, it's, you know, there's some real competitive divisions in the, in the AFC, but the East bills, Dolphins, Patriots, jets. I want to read you, um, some of the teams on the Jets schedule. Colt, are you ready for this? The jets are at the Cowboys. They play the chiefs. They're at the Broncos in week five, which will be an interesting game with, with, uh, Nathaniel Hackett coming back to Denver after Sean Payton's comments. They play the Eagles. They play at the Giants. They play the Chargers, the Falcons, and at the Browns. I think that schedule right there, if they go 500 over 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 games there, they win three or four of those, that still counts three, 3 four losses that you're chunking up right there. So while I like the Jets, and I think that they're the hot pick, I know that you're all over them, playing in... Literally a month playing the Chiefs, Eagles, and Cowboys is not an easy schedule. No, so it's not. The Dolphins, I think, are a strong team. I think the Patriots will also be pretty good. I'm going to take the Bills. A little bit of chalk here, but I think if Josh Allen's healthy, they're just so hard to stop. So I'm going to take the Bills, and I, I'm going to take the Dolphins to finish second, Jets to finish third, and the Patriots to finish last. But I think that, that those bottom three, I think, could be in any order. The We both agree that in life, sometimes your greatest
1: strength is your greatest weakness. Josh Allen's greatest strength is his ability to improvise and and get things done in sort of chaos. Last year he got so loosey goosey with it though sometimes, and we would be watching and we'd be screaming at the TV like reel this guy in. I it's
2: think r- it's ridiculous. I
1: think they struggled. Brian Dable was able to reel him in last year. They didn't have Brian Dable, so Josh Allen was like sometimes so spectacularly good and sometimes so spectacularly
2: bad. I honestly don't like the style to be honest. Well,
1: it's it's crazy because it, the the famine, the feast and famine of it, the famine is just so bad. Like it's just going to lose you games, it's, it's especially gr- it's gross, in the playoffs. They got to figure out a way to run the ball. I, I totally agree with you with them being a contender, if not the favorite in this division in the regular season. The next step for the Bills, though, is trying to actually get to the Super Bowl. Agree. How do you get past the Bengals and the Chiefs in the AFC?
2: James Cook is going to come along in the backfield. Yeah. Uh, Florida State running back Dalvin Cook's younger brother, and they also signed Damian Harris. Uh, you know, Alabama running back from it was been with the Patriots the last three or four years. Both good backs, both different change of pace backs than Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, who weren't it. Yeah. Both of those are an upgrade in my opinion. I know I'm drinking the the hard knocks Kool Aid, but I'm just going to drink it some more. So tell me about the Cowboys, Chiefs, Eagles, Giants, Chargers in a row. Tell Cowboys, me about those Cowboys, win. Chiefs, Chiefs lost, Eagles lost, Gi- at Giants win, Chargers win, at Browns win. Man,
1: I'm drinking the Kool Aid, man. Aaron Rodgers is the sickest quarterback I've ever seen. I've watched every hard knocks that's ever existed. I have watched all the quarterbacks. Arguably his worst
2: offensive line, and you know what he does when he has a bad offensive line. He pouts and throws it into the dirt. (laughs) He
1: cries. He hasn't had a receiver like Garrett Wilson since, like, young Devontae Adams, though. Bro, he had Devontae Adams for 10 years. (laughs) It's true. He hasn't had a receiver like Devontae (laughs) Adams. I just think the Jets Jets are going to break through. I know I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, and I know I'm going to have egg on my face, but from a pure betting perspective... I'm betting on the Jets to win the division because it's just going to be fun to follow. And even if I'm completely wrong, great. But you're going to get plus odds for them in that division,
2: and they they totally could win it. They definitely could. I just – I worry about the – What's more concerning, the Jets' offensive line or Tua Tagovailoa's head? Um – Pass. (laughs) pass <laughs> right exactly yeah it's a tough one i just worry about the the sleet and rain and in, in MetLife stadiums gross weather gross i mean there's just nothing good about robert solo talks a lot about on hard knocks that they are the team that they have been until they change it and they haven't changed it so preseason odds wise you may be able to get some some value there yeah um but if you hear what i'm saying i couldn't agree more with culture yeah. In, a, in an organization that you are who you've been until you change it, and they aren't—they haven't changed it. That's right. That's right.
1: That's true. All right, let's go AFC South because I think this one's easy to break down. I think the AFC South has two of the five worst teams in the league, and the Texans and the Colts. uh So I think it's a two-two horse race: Jags and, and Titans. Um, a lot of people are high on the Jags. I can't sleep on the Titans. I know last year they had a definitely down, don't a sleep on the year, Titans, but like. They they just play a different style than almost anybody. When Mike Vrabel's your coach, if he's got dudes on defense, they are going to mess teams up sometimes. Even if it's a shootout because their scores get high because they take so many risks defensively, they bring in as much as anybody. If Mike Vrabel's your head coach and you can stay healthy defensively, man, you're going to be in that 10-win range, and then maybe if you steal a couple more, all of a sudden you're the number one
2: seed like they were two years ago. Titans, Steelers, the Niners, the last five years. Teams you just do not want to play. That's right. You just don't want to play the Titans. They, any week, doesn't matter who's hurt, doesn't matter what they're doing. It's just a team you do not want to play. They are so physical. Um, You know, Jeffrey Simmons is one of my five favorite players in the league and playing inside on the defensive line. Um, Absolute dominant force. I mean, he, his, his get home rate, his success rate, his all the things on the bum ankle two years in a row. If he stays healthy, I I truly think that he could be the best defensive tackle in the league. And he's in the right there with like a group of three or four guys. Yep. Um. So I love the Titans as well. I'm going to bet on the Jags because y- you know we talk a lot of quarterbacks because it's what people know, it's what people see. It, it is as important as people say it is. There really has not been a a recruit a talent like trevor lawrence right. in the last decade and i think that everything i saw at the end of last year was him coming to fruition with that that's right and i think that if doug peterson who's a little bit of a quarterback whisperer can, no one could deny what doug peterson can do on sure. offense i think the Jags will take that next step i think it's gonna be real close if the titans won, it i wouldn't be surprised i think they're both in playoff contention i'm gonna lean on the upstart Jags just because i think it's it's fun to follow um but again i wouldn't bet against the titans Uh, I totally
1: agree. I'm going to pick the Jags as well, but I do think the Titans are a dark horse uh, AFC playoff contender. The Jags, or excuse me, the Titans have three quarterback options. Ryan Tannehill, who might or probably is washed up, uh, Malik Willis, the kid out of Liberty they drafted last year, who they're high on, and the Will Levis, who was supposed to be a first-round pick and has completely fallen out of favor and now sounds like is not going to be in the mix there at all. Are any of those guys good enough for the, the Titans to
2: pull the upset and win this division? Malik Willis and and Will Levis are not NFL quarterbacks, in my opinion. There you go. So, that's, that's so then you're going to ride with Brian Tannehill, and uh, that basically means you're going to ride with Derrick Henry and see how far I, I he think, get you. I think that Traylon Burks last year, was as a rookie receiver, severely underperformed and got hurt. And then they add DeAndre Hopkins. If Traylon Burks, who if you haven't seen him, go look him up. One of those guys, the right? six six three two thirty 230. Right. Looks, yeah. looks yep. great. Yep. You, know? you add DeAndre Hopkins as a leader. It, I mean, that, you can't sleep on DeAndre Hopkins. Like as a 31-year-old, he may be past his prime, but there's no way that DeAndre Hopkins isn't still an elite receiver. Maybe not quite in the top 10, but he's going to be right there. So I do like what they added there. And of course, you got Derrick Henry. Are you going to sleep on Derrick Henry? Is Derrick Henry slowing right. down? I, I uh, It's yet to be seen for me. So I think we got the AFC uh, South wrapped up. I want to jump to the West before we go to the North, which is my favorite division in football uh, for a variety of reasons. But the AFC West, man, I think it's obviously cut and dry. The Chiefs, are, we have a, a, another good chance to run away with the division. That's right. Um, I think the Chargers are, are right there. I am not in on the Broncos. I am I'm not, not in, in on the, the Raiders Broncos at all. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Why how do the Broncos have like with their over under wind totals like nine and a half? Get out of here. How? Sean Payton is not worth that and Russell Wilson still sucks. I'm not gonna ever stop saying it. Russell Wilson is never gonna be good again in the NFL.
3: I
2: there's nothing
1: that's gonna save him.
2: Agree with you. Yeah, it's over for him. I mean, you can't be we talk about small guys, like he's a miniature guy. Like, yeah, he's he's all bulked up, but like we're talking small dudes, man. He he really if he's not running that specific offense, there's a reason Seattle did him like they did. Like Carroll's no dummy, right? But And there's also a reason that Seattle became better at throwing the ball and being more diverse on offense when they got rid of Russell Wilson. When he had all those weapons and all the running backs and all the stuff um denver Cortland sutton two years ago tore his acl big receiver smu like everything about him tore coming off of you know second second year off of of acl tim patrick tears his achilles this year out for the year jerry judy a pretty severe hamstring injury right now could have missed four or five weeks you know what you don't want to do you want don't want to mess with fast twitchy small guys who are six foot 180 yep with hamstring soft tissue injuries uh, going into week one. That's nothing that you want to deal with. Javante Williams, running back from, uh, second round running back from UCLA, or excuse me, North Carolina, last year comes off a, a torn ACL this year. I'm I'm out on the Broncos, and I'm out on the Raiders. I mean, I think the Raiders could be slightly better. They were in some one-score games last year, but you heard me say it a second ago, Colter, everyone's in one-score games. That's right. If you don't win those games, it's because you don't have any culture. Josh McDaniels, unproven head coach, Chiefs, Chargers, both playoff teams, I think that's a wrap.
1: All football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. I think we both agree. Bills, Dolphins, and Jets, the Chiefs and Chargers, the Jags and the Titans, all playoff contenders in the AFC, and then you add in what I think is the deepest division in football, and that's the AFC North. I think all four teams could could make the playoffs if they play their cards right. Uh, we'll see how it all goes, though. I am also drinking the Lamar Jackson Kool-Aid. I think that him, him getting a contract and being secure with it and getting some weapons around him, everything he asked for and that the media sort of spun as him whining and crying about, he got it. Now I think he's going to... Sh- you step up and show the league. Hey, remember me? Remember, remember when I was the best player in the league a couple years ago? Cincinnati's great. I think they're going to be right there. I mean, this is going to be a war for to win this division outright. But I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm on the Ravens, man. I, I, I think the Ravens are the are the slight favorite to win the AFC North, and I think it's Lamar
2: Jackson's re coming out party. I am all over the Ravens, too, Colt and I'm all over Lamar Jackson. You know who has transcended everything about. Being a player representative, Lamar Jackson. You know yeah. who doesn't leak information. You know who doesn't cry. You know who doesn't make a big th- make it about him. It's Lamar Jackson. Right. Lamar Jackson sits quietly. and Says, "I'm the MVP of the league. You guys know what you have. I'm here. I want to play here. That's it. That's yep. it. Yeah. Oh, you you can't get a hold of me. Uh, this is what I want. I want a hundred million dollars. So <laughs> I want the. I'm not going to answer my contract, phone, and, and I'm going to be doing my thing. And if you want to call me with a hundred million dollar contract, I'll sign it. Pretty cut and dry. I love everything about Action Jackson, man. Also on. Def- here's one crazy thing about. Uh, here's one. Here's a crazy thing about Lamar Jackson. He just turned 26. Yeah, totally. And uh, we we've talked recently, Colter, that most of the good quarterbacks are a year or two older. Most of them are 27. You know, it's it's uh, Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson that are a few years behind. But Colter, you look on defense. Everything about it, I love. Big up front, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. Tyus Bowser on the edge, Rocky Sin, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, Marlon Humphrey's one of the best corners in the league. Love the secondary, love the mentality. Uh, it's a crazy division. So here's here's my only hot take of the division, or maybe even of the AFC. I don't even think it's a hot take. I think this is the correct take. I just talked about Jerry Judy's hamstring injury. You know what I don't like? Other soft tissue and lower extremity injuries. I don't like the Joe Burrow calf injury. I don't like anything about it. Yeah. Limits mobility the potential for re-injury is so high. I was saying this whole podcast, we can't predict injuries and bet over-unders, but I can bet on if someone's already injured. Right? I don't know about that. I don't love that. And then on the Bengals, they lost a little bit in the secondary, not quite as strong um, in the back end with Jesse Bates leaves. I mean, I think the Bengals, any of these teams could finish first or second, third, fourth. I like the Ravens and the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to take a jump. Mm. Kenny Pickett, you can talk about preseason football all you want. Literally the highest quarterback rating in the last decade of preseason football. He led a touchdown drive on all seven of his drives. Yep. 94% rating. George Pickens takes a step. Deontay Johnson's electric. You know, you have... Um, Two good backs in the backfield. Obviously, on D, they're going to be nasty. I love the Bengals kind of uh, floating there in the middle, but I think the Steelers have a real good shot to to secure a wild-card spot and finish second in that division. So to recap our division picks, we're both on the Eagles
1: and the NFC East. Uh, We are uh, both on the, the Niners and the NFC West. We're both on the Chiefs and the AFC West. We're both on the Jags and the AFC South. We're both on the Ravens and the AFC North. Brooks has the Bills and I got the Jets in the AFC East. Brooks has the Lions and I have the Vikings in the NFC North. Who do we pick for the NFC South? I don't even know. I might just roll with with uh, Atlanta just to be a contrarian or something. You
2: got Carolina or you got New Orleans? I'm going to I'm going to probably roll with with the Saints. You um, have to. Yeah, I probably just be Yeah, I think that that they're going to sneak in. Yeah,
1: there you go. Uh, so th- there's our division by division picks. It's all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. SportsBet Montana has kiosks all across the state of Montana. They have a new interface. Uh, go check them out. Get those futures bets in before the NFL begins. Thanks for being here, Brooks. Absolutely. Thanks. This is is Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Happy Friday night. Friday night lights continues. The game of the week. Missoula Sentinel at Bozeman Gallatin. The Garden City Spotlight returns, and now we have actual games to recap. And uh, a couple teams in Missoula went 1-0 to start out the season. Missoula Big Sky, they topped Belgrade 35-7, to and Missoula Sentinel all over Billing Skyview 50-12. to Dane Oliver from Missoula Sentinel joins us now. Coach, appreciate the time. Uh, what would you think? I mean, what were your main takeaways from your victory uh, in Missoula last week? Your
0: main takeaways were how hard it is to get a, t- a team of ready to go in 12 days. So, uh... <laughs> right it's just not an easy task with special teams and yeah, we got a punt blocked and a PAT blocked and like something's always got to give so we didn't have any turnovers but I was happy about that we, we had four takeaways, four interceptions so it was a Billion Skyview squad had a great quarterback it was super mobile which is just a modern game and how frustrating that can be uh, but just pleased to get out of there with a victory and, and move on to uh, another week and get, get the kids better
1: well, getting out of week one it uh, seems like uh, with, with a win seems like a great accomplishment, no matter what, because it is such a, t- a tight turnaround. So, uh, what was the what was maybe the tipping point for you guys within the game? I know Grady Walker had a pick early; seemed like it gave you guys some momentum. Uh, any, any other spots, or where, where did you think you guys sort of seized control?
0: I, just, I think kind of the last four minutes of the first half. You know, it was actually fifteen six, and we had the ball. and we, we drove down and scored. Did a good job, kind of have in the end of the first half and which is something we talk about a lot and then then they tried to force it and we got another pick and and scored again quickly so we scored two touchdowns in about 30 seconds which which kind of sprung open the game and um, that gave us momentum into the halftime and and i think we kind of leaned on a little bit and regrouped and we got through that emotional burst that seems to happen uh with with high school kids on our first home game and so a lot of Film to watch and improve on, and kids have been awesome this week. And, and we got a tough
1: opponent in Gallatin. Well, talking about Gallatin, we had Hunter Chandler on the show earlier this week, and uh, he's a he's a great young coach, and they've done a great job there building that thing up pretty quick. Uh, what have you thought? What have you thought of just the way that they've been able to build it up so quickly? And uh, what sort of challenges did they present this week?
0: It, it kind of reminds me of when, when Glacier opened yeah. 15 years ago, and just the excitement that goes along with a new high school. And you get new traditions and new facilities. And a, and Hunter does a great job with, in the weight room and building a culture. And he's a defensive minded guy, he's tough. And and so he, they're a reflection of their head coach. And so I have a lot of respect for them. You know, they they look the part on film. They got great speed. Uh, I'm so impressed with you know their athleticism, their front they've been kind of building towards this year so it's it's a big year for them and they're excited and um you know it'll be a challenge for us
1: gallatin started the season knocking off the defending state champions helena capital 28 uh, 14 so some momentum for the raptors certainly uh, they played a couple quarterbacks in the game uh in the opener coach so how hard is it to prepare for a team that uh, might use a couple different guys under center
3: yeah
0: i think mean, something we've done to teams for the past few years now so uh you know, kind of shoes on the other foot. But uh, one's a big, tall, long kid, Coach Began's son, and, and gets the ball out quickly on time, kind of a vertical passing game. The other one's kind of – I compared him to how Kyle Sampson played years ago. Mm-hmm. And kind of short and uh, athletic and feisty and tough. And the Dalkey brothers, and there's four of them. They just keep coming. <laughs> tremendous athletes, competitors. Um, just have a lot of respect for all their kids. It, their personnel is, is – um, is out there at the top of the state. Got
1: to be. Well, and the last guy I want to ask you about is Quinn Clark. All eyes are going to be on him because he's got that Big Ten target on his back, and certainly a really talented kid. So, uh, what sort of matchup problems do you think he he presents?
0: A lot of them. When you're six six, <laughs> uh, can go high point a ball. I mean, for, to get offered of Nebraska out of Montana is pretty impressive. So. Yeah, especially down the red zone. You know, he's a punter, and he I think got a seventy-yard punt, so he's a game changer. And plays free safety. That's some big range back there, so I mean, you can't miss him on the field. Uh, but you know, we our focus has been about us getting better and improving and setting ourselves up for conference play. And getting on the road will be good for us. And and they'll be excited to have us come down there and have a big crowd. And so we're looking forward just to Friday night football.
1: Guardsy Spotlight, probably presented by Missoula Educators Credit Union, as well as Missoula Electric
3: Co-op. Garden City Spotlight rolls on. Matt Johnson, head coach of the Big Sky Eagles, joining us here on Nuanez. Now the Eagles off to a 1-0 start. The only one of Missoula's three class AA teams to go on the road outside of the friendly confines of the Garden City last week. But they did go to Belgrade and get a 31-7 win. They're back home this week taking on Great Falls CMR. Uh, But Coach, I want to start with last week's game. What did you take away from that one? Uh, Was there anything that you saw that uh, maybe surprised you at all in the first game? And uh, how did it feel to get the first win up on the board? Yeah, it was pretty huge. Um, You know, our first time playing Belgrade
4: and then let alone to be in Belgrade, they're one of the last teams with an all-grass field, which is kind of cool. I like it. I thought it was pretty good, but just something different. Um, Unique game, uh, how they play their style of play, You know, caused a lot of problems. We hadn't seen anything like it. Thought our kids handled all of it really well. Uh, On top of, we had an uh, hour-long halftime due to lightning. So you throw in a lot of different variables. And I thought what I was impressed with the most, uh, the place we are right now, we're that much farther along than we were at this time last year. And our kids' ability to handle the adversity and come out and be able to finish that game and, and execute what we were working on.
3: Yeah, well, that's interesting. I've heard of lightning delays before, of course, but you don't see them too often. What do you do as a coach to keep kids uh, focused, locked in? Uh, You know, they've got to be all fired up for the game and then have to sit in the locker room for an hour at halftime. What do you do as a coach in that situation?
4: You know, when we first got in there, I knew it was going to be a little bit. I told all the kids, just take it easy, take five, get off your feet. Um, We let them just hang out. We, we brought some snacks and we had some snacks and water and stuff for them and, and then as we got closer and we thought we were getting closer to being able to go out, we got our focus back, you know, just talked about simple adjustments we needed to make. And, and what was impressive is we came out, we got the ball, we marched down the field and got a touchdown. So our kids were able to execute and, and put it together and stay on top of it. But it is, it is unique. It can be difficult.
3: Matt Johnson and the Big Sky Eagles going to 1-0 and last week with a 31-7 to win over Belgrade on the road. Coach, who were the standouts for you in that game? Who did you come away impressed by?
4: Well, you know, I thought our old line did a, a really good job because they would bring seven guys consistently every play, six to seven guys, and, and come at us. So I thought our line did a great job. Joey Sandberg ran the football extremely well. I think he had 121 yards on like 17 carries. Um, you know, I thought at times we threw the ball. Well, it was tough, got really windy at one point. Um, but honestly had a lot of young guys that never played in the varsity game step in and, and make some impacts, you know, whether it was special teams or O or D. So I, I actually had quite a few people I was really, really excited about. Um, There you go, Matt Johnson, Big Sky Eagles.
1: They host CMR tonight at Missoula County Public Stadium. The Garden City Spotlight is presented in part by Missoula Electric Co-op and in part by Missoula Educators Credit Union. Come hang out with us tomorrow before the Grizz game. We'll be there from 9.30 to 11. Our ESPN College Game Day returns, as does college football. If we can't see you there, we'll see you on Monday at 4 p.m. This has been is Now, ESPN Radio.